Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. And while you probably know that Audible.com has audiobooks, you might not know about the other content. So head over to audibletrial.com slash business growth and sign up for a free trial and go exploring. See what you think. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. And that's because of the guests. These are people who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Nicole Rodriguez. Nicole is a powerhouse founder of two companies, NRPR Group and the Young Dreamers Foundation, as well as the author of Beverly Hills Boss. She has more than 19 years of experience in PR, social media, and digital marketing. She's the creator and personality behind Practical Guide to Publicity and Practical the PR. Both of those letters are capitalized. An award-winning video series aimed at helping CEOs, CMOs, and others understand the true benefits of utilizing PR and digital marketing. Thanks so much for joining me today, Nicole. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about brand and, and taking um, advantage of opportunities. And so I'm, I'm curious about what you think are, I'll say, um, productive ways for uh, a business to draw attention to itself if it's new. Oh, that's such a great question. So, so here's, uh, here's my take on it, right? Uh, and it's simply just based on, on tons of experience and what I've seen. But when a company is brand spanking new, what used to happen back in the day is if you had a new business, you had a 
you opened up your store. There was no computer. There was no, you know, maybe you'd put some flyers up and, but you, you'd open up your store and people would know, oh, this person is open for business. Um, it was that physical location. And as things trend more, 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 more digital, even more so now with the pandemic, the new digital storefront is usually a website or somewhere digitally that people can go and learn about your business, purchase your products or whatever. Um, so, you know, for example, I know that there are some entrepreneurs who say, well, I just started my business on Etsy and I have an Etsy page. Well, that's all well and good, but your competition, the ones who have full-blown websites um, look more established than you do. Anyone can have an Etsy you know, a uh, portal. But if you want to look established, if you want to have a brand, if you want to have, uh, you know, something that people can see is le legitimate, your new storefront is a website that is connected then to places like an Etsy, like your Instagram, like your Facebook. Um, it becomes the core of hopefully, you know, a, a multi- uh, you know, just like I, I want to simplify this. I don't want to give too many industry heavy words, but like a, you know, just a multi-channel approach, right? Where you use multiple channels to get in front of people, but it leads back to a source. And so if you want to start a business and, and I've, I've started multiple businesses, you know, I, I start with what website domain is going to make sense and be easy for people to find. Um, you know, what is the logo and, and color scheme and, and look and feel of the website going to be so that when potential customers go there or potential, even potential investors go there, they want to legitimize your business. They see that the messaging is clear. It's well thought out. You have a logo. You have a place to contact someone. You have a place to see what your list of services are. Um, that at the core is like the, the bare bones, what you should have, and then depending on where your customer base is, is what's going to tell you what social media channels you should have. Um, I'm a strong believer in LinkedIn, no matter what. As a business owner, people are going to take you seriously there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and that's basically how I tell people to, to just, that's where you want to get started. Okay, you, you said so many um, yes. important things, but I, the, the one thing that I would love it if you would talk a little bit more about is why it's important for the business to show up as legitimate and professional and, you know, not a hobby. Yeah. Well, that's also a great question. It's that trust. The fact that you're going to be an established player, like for example, if I'm going to put my credit card into something, right? Into a portal and a whatever. If it doesn't look like it's a legitimate, legitimate company that is like verified that that's why it's taking my credit card or whatever. Or um, if I have to make a big business decision and I'm trying to vet whether or not I'm going to pick this lawyer or another or whatever, um, that trust that is built based on a website that looks like it's coming from a trusted source, someone who put thought and money into it right? Yeah. The, the, the lifeblood that pumps through every company is money. If that company doesn't have money and it's going to go away and it's going to take my credit card, um, I, I want to make sure that it's trusted. And, you know, um, 
that's basically why you don't want to just come across anybody can take down their Etsy page in five seconds. Right. Um, yeah. But if you look like you're an established business and maybe you even have a blog, I know that you are a real human that that may, has integrity behind their business and that I'm not going to just get sucked into a, a portal of um, whatever, because I mean, it happens. There's so yeah. much fraud on the Internet. Right. And yeah. so you you want to make sure that you stand out as, you know, something that people don't have to question. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I think it is so important. And <clears throat> excuse me. So then before I asked that question, you were talking about social media platforms. And I totally agree with you that every business owner, every professional should be on LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. So how does a business determine what other platforms they should be on, if any? Sure. Yeah, it's it's also it's a simple Google, right? Um, best social media platforms for consumer products, uh. best social media platforms for service businesses, right? And it's, and you'll have other industry experts. For me, I've been in the business for over 20 years. I know a lot based on experience, but I am not ashamed to ever, especially if people are paying me for advice, I, I'm constantly doing what I can to research. I'm constantly listening to podcasts constantly listening to other people in and within the scope of marketing uh, to make sure that I am not just getting tunnel vision in my way and and not adding all of that value to my clients. So I, I for the most part, I know if you have a consumer product, if you're not on Instagram, you don't exist in the world. Um, and I know TikTok can be, uh, it can be overwhelming to people. So I say, don't get on TikTok yet, please. Like, do not do that and overwhelm yourself. You're going to stop. Yeah. Start at something simple, like get yourself a basic Instagram page, which automatically should put you, you know, into Facebook. Not as many consumers are on Facebook, but they have an incredible um, advertising, you know, mechanism to where... Yeah. It's, it's more sophisticated than anything. So it's not like, well, nobody's on Facebook. Well, Facebook has the killer algorithms that are still going to help you drive sales. So, you know, you, you still want to think about Facebook. You want to think about Instagram if you're a consumer product company. And then you want to build from there and figure out, you know, what else you want to add to it. People will forgive you if they see you at, on at least two platforms in LinkedIn. They're going to say, okay, they're, they're at least legitimizing them themselves. But if they're nowhere on social media and you're a consumer product company, forget it. Again, you, you just don't exist because this is where people are. They just want to, they want to scroll, scroll, scroll. They want to see cool pictures. They want to see that you're a cool brand. And that's one of the easiest ways that they can do that. So, yeah. 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 Thank you for that. I, I think, especially because Instagram's relatively new when it comes to marketing Yes. and right. And so, yeah. and one of the things I find is, you know, people will be inundated with other people saying to them, oh, you have to be here. You have to be there. You have to be the other place. And then they get overwhelmed and yep. then, right. They, they don't know where really to be. So I, I appreciate that mm -hmm. information. I think that's incredibly valuable for um, all these people out there. Um, okay, now let's talk a little bit more about online marketing. Mm -hmm. How, like what sort of marketing 
should people be doing or how should they be marketing? Should they be buying ad space? Should they be providing content? You know, what do you think? Well, it really depends on where you are in your life cycle, right? I think you want to be creating your own content nowadays. It's almost expected, you know, whether it's static, putting whatever. And then once you start to see what people are naturally gravitating towards, you start putting money towards it, you know, and it's almost like as silly as it sounds, if you're on Instagram and there's already a post that's getting traction, you actually want to put money behind that one to get even more because you already know people like it. Hmm. So it's, um, it's a little silly that way, but again, can the everyday consumer, whether it be B2B or even B2C expect that a company is creating its own content. Yeah. Yeah. And like a perfect example, I have one, com- one client, they're definitely B2B, right? They're, you know, internet technology company, right? Well, to simplify it, there's no B2C avenue whatsoever. But as humans, even on B2B, we're still consumers in some way, right? And they still yeah. have to convince companies that they need their help in protecting their company, right? So I'm an internet security company. If I don't look legitimate, like I'm creating valuable content that's helping these potential customers of mine see the value that I bring, it's going to be that much harder to sell that human being on my services. So it's it's just a matter of we're all consumers, right? You know, and and thinking about that mm. psychologically, um, every company should at that point be creating content because of it. Yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now you also mentioned something about, you know, Facebook having this algorithm that it can really, and it does seem like you can really drill down and target very specifically who you want to see your ads. Um, But I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how a small business figures out what that prospect uh, persona looks like. Well, I mean, there's so many different ways and oftentimes it really depends on what budget you have to do all the in-depth market research, (laughs) you know, it's like, oh, so, so say you're starting from scratch and it's you and maybe a founder and you have very little budget to, to dive deep into whatever, to be honest, I, I tell founders, think about your own personal why, think Mm. about why you decided to do it. Because usually there's a personal connection inside of you that's going to connect to that end user. Were you frustrated by a a system or a product or whatever? If you were frustrated, who else in your circle? And then think about those demographics. Mm. Where do you fit? Where do they fit? Okay, great. So then from there, having that like, hey, you know what? I am part of my own target market. I also know that these other personas sort of fit into it. And then you start trolling the internet, seeing what people are saying. Jump into forums, go into Reddit for goodness sakes. Is there a Reddit forum about it? Um, And start picking people's brains. Have a small, you know, brainstorm group. And you don't have to tell people why, like, oh, I'm about to launch a company, but like, 
for me, when I was launching my, my PR firm, I, I wanted to pick the brains of media. I thought, what is it? What are the pain points that media have in dealing with PR people? Cause I know that it can't always be easy. It's like, you know, that, that balance of, you know, am I doing this for my client? Am I doing this for the media? And I would talk with them, talk with them. And I thought, you know, at the core of our business, if we are catering to what the media want, our clients will automatically get what they want because what they want is media, <laughs> but the way clients want to get it is all wrong. Cause clients don't understand what media wants. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like, well, you know, call them and tell them we've got this great thing. And I'm like, yeah, you and everybody else, <laughs> of course, you're going to say you've got this great thing, but what they need are three other sources that say what you have is great. Yeah. And, and I think that again, when it comes to starting a business and, and getting things together, uh, I, I tell people to go easy on themselves and remember that you're not going to have it all figured out in year one. You might not have it all figured out in year three to five, but if you start and you and you commit to certain things and you say, for right now, this is our target market and this is what we're going to go after and this is what we're going to see works. People are so afraid of losing money. Well, what, what if we goes down this path and we lose all this money? Okay, well, then you've already lost. You can't, you can't gamble without putting a hundred dollars on the craps table and saying, you know, I want, I want to hopefully make $200. Like that's essentially what starting a business is. And I think that if you have a clear core, like understanding based on whatever research that you and your power can do, then you've got to commit to certain paths, go for it and be agile. Oh, that is great. And I want you to hold that thought for a second because I'm going to do a quick sponsor break and then I want to continue that agility conversation. The Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. And uh, while I'm sure you know, they have thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, you may not know that they also have podcasts, audible originals, guided meditations, and so much more. And it's all in one place. So you can switch between the kind of thing you're listening to without having to switch platforms. So you can get a free trial of audible.com and check it out for yourself by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Today, we're speaking with Nicole Rodriguez about growing your brand and taking advantage of opportunities. Okay, Nicole, before we went on the break, you were talking about being agile. And I, I so love what you said about cutting yourself a break and starting out somewhere and, you know, trying things and seeing how they work and you might have to shift. And, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why that might be like last year is a good example of a reason no one was expecting. Um, so, but would you talk some more about what, you know, what that agility looks like or, um, you know, how a, a small business can keep their eyes open for opportunity and be willing to take those chances. Yeah. The, I mean, I would say the only bit of advice for doing that is the only way to, to do it is never be complacent. Never assume mm -hmm. you have it all figured out. And, and, and that doesn't mean break what's already working. Like if it's working, <laughs> 
okay? <laughs> Go with it, strengthen it, make it even stronger, right? Don't change it. If it's working, don't change it. But always know to gut check and remain open. Keep doing your research. As a business owner, you should constantly be educating yourself in what's going on there. Don't overwhelm yourself with, with too much information, but I, I always say like, for example, um, I am in marketing, okay? But, and I don't understand accounting. That's just not my, my strength, right? Like, okay. And I hired a bookkeeper when I first started my business who was more incompetent than I was, but oversold herself. And it, I didn't realize that until I just, I was like, gosh, shouldn't you be asking me these questions? Like, how do you just know my books? Like, how do you just know what I'm doing? Like, there's no, how, there needs to be two-way communication. And she was just such not a communicator that she's like, no, 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 it's fine. And I'm just thinking, this just doesn't feel right. And, uh, you know, I decided I wanted to go back to school and get my MBA. And, you know, here I am and you know, whatever. And finally, you know, um, you know, that, that bookkeeper just didn't, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I had somebody else look at the books and they were like, no, she's definitely not putting things in the right place. Let me clean this up for you. Come to find out she was even worse with just like not putting notes in, not blah, blah, blah. And so I'm taking this accounting class. I look at my balance sheet because I'm learning how to do that. And I'm so excited. And I'm like, whoa, this balance sheet doesn't look like it's supposed to based on what I'm learning here in this class. And I literally asked her and she was like, balance sheet. I don't even look at those. I don't even know what that is. And I was oh. like, Oh God, immediately, immediately. I was like, yeah, you need to go. And I just hired the, the bookkeeper within QuickBooks. And I thought, wow, here, <laughs> you know, years later, I'm figuring out all these things, but remaining, remaining agile asking questions, teaching myself about business to become stronger, right? And that's what I, I tell people like, okay, well, you have a bookkeeper. How confident are you in your own books that they're, they're putting things in the right place? Are you having conversations? Are they even open to those? If they're not open to sitting down with you and reviewing your books together and doing that with the assistance of an accountant, run, yeah. go, go far, far away. There's a lot of fraud in that. And that can single-handedly take a company down. And so for me now it's like, oh my gosh, working with the bookkeepers in QuickBooks who guarantee accuracy is a dream. I wish I knew that a long time ago, but people <laughs> don't tell you that, right? And so it's, it's just one of those warning things that I tell people, just never get too comfortable you know, and, and constantly be open to learning things that are not within your scope. I am a marketer, but I'm also now a business owner, which right. means there's a certain level of understanding of things that I should have. Right. It's that trust, but verify, right? No, mm -hmm. no enough to be able to be sure you're getting what you need. Um, I, I want to ask a question about, um, venturing into new territory. Mm -hmm. So someone owns a business, they've figured out, you know, what they offer, the value it brings, who it's valuable to, they're chugging along, they're doing great with that. Mm -hmm. um, should they, or how do they, I guess, look for opportunities 
for maybe adding something new that isn't, you know, that is maybe complimentary or right. maybe not, you know, could be, I thought of it when you said the thing about, you know, there's B2B and B2C. Uh -huh. Well, sometimes people can add something that then opens them up to a whole new market, you know, a consumer oh. market. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I love it. That is such a great question. And especially with this pandemic, what people, I hope more and more people are realizing is pivoting is sometimes essential for growth. Yeah. It might feel uncomfortable because it's, it's not within, oh, well, I've been offering this for 10 years. It's just been PR. Um, but then you miss opportunities, right? And yeah. I say, again, we as humans, depending on what your, your personal genetic makeup is, you know, we, we like to add more and more to our plates. I'm that type of person, but I also am practical in that until my core business like what I offer at the core is positioning marketing, like that PR, strategic PR. If that is not strong, do not add 15 other things onto your plate because you'll <laughs> never strengthen it. It's like trying to bake seven cakes at once with one oven. Yeah. You are one person, one team. You're just getting started. And again, I've seen too many entrepreneurs who overwhelm themselves because they think, well, I'm not, I'm not offering this. I'm not offering this. And then I'm not offering this. It's like, but what are you offering? That's really good that people can count on you for get that right. When you feel like that's in a great place, take the next step. What's another thing that you can offer, you know? Um, so six years into owning my business, obviously PR was what I started with then I, I knew that social media was a thing that my clients either asked for recommendations for or just needed. And I thought, well, I make recommendations in my PR plans to the social media stuff all the time. So I need to be smart about what type of social media I offer, what kind of like not overselling yeah. myself, right? Yeah. And saying, okay, this is also what we offer. Should it be needed? okay, great. And then we attracted a handful of clients. It's not the big core of our business, but some people are like, look, I just need basic community management. Somebody put up a couple posts, make sure that it's timed and, and make sure that the captions are great. And there are no punctuation errors. Great. That's us. You know um, now, if you want crazy campaigns and ads, well, there's a phone call that I'll make for that. Right. I know what's within my scope and what I even want to take mm. on. Right. Yeah. And then come pandemic time, I realized that there were so many of my close friends who were either getting laid off, worried about their businesses um, and whatever. And what I realized is I'd already started two companies from the ground up, me as the, the sole owner and starter of, of all those things. And I thought, wow, I actually know how to start, position, organize, and take to market companies from the ground up. Why don't I offer that? Most people don't think that that's a thing in a PR firm. People think, oh, you're good for writing press releases and messaging. I'm like, no, I can actually introduce you to a lawyer who can get you incorporated. I can introduce <laughs> you to QuickBooks where you can get a great bookkeeper yourself <laughs> and they can teach you everything that you need to stay organized. Go get yourself a bank account. Okay, now that is like, it's like the skeleton. It's the bones. Now you start putting on the meat. The meat starts with what do you look like as a brand visually? What do you sound like verbally? Getting that messaging and the vision together well, that's what makes you a real human being, right? You have the bones with the legal and the financial. 
then you start putting some meat and skin on that thing and look, you've got a company and it's real. And we started offering that during the pandemic. It wasn't even anything that I had thought of until I saw that there was a massive need. And now we have four clients under that scope who don't just use us for PR. In fact, they use us to keep the bare, like keep their brand new companies building at a healthy pace. Hmm. Now they're bringing in money. They're attracting clients. They're writing newsletters. They have social media coming out. That's, that's definitely outside of a normal PR firm scope. <laughs> so you got to seize those opportunities and know when you can take it on. Right. And, and I just think that people need to, um, not try to do it, do it all. I'm, I'm finally doing this seven years in and, and that's okay. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I, I think that is really great advice. And I'd like to talk some about the role that PR plays and how someone figures out when they need PR. Yep. Is there such a thing as too much, uh, you know? But... Sure. So again, it really depends on the company and where, where they are, right? So for example, I have one client who brought us on as basically like the third employee. They were like, look, I know how good you are when it comes to messaging, positioning, putting it on the website. You know, before I even attract press, I want to make sure that I understand my own narrative. As the CEO, I'm good at technology. I'm not good at the words. So they brought us on for a project. Can you help write the words for, the, for my website? Can you write my bio? This is all image. So when you think of PR, it's image management. So if hmm. you have bad grammar and bad punctuation on your website, what does that look like to your image? <laughs> That's not a good look. So, so again, every PR firm is gonna position themselves into what their core strengths are. Some are not good at messaging, which God, I don't even use <laughs> words for that. Where it's like, no, just you know, give us the product. We're gonna blah blah blah. I mean, I read some of these press releases, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, someone paid for that. But like, <laughs> if you you know you want a PR person to help you basically establish, know what it is they can do, which is the the good PR people can help you write your website messaging, your executives bios, make sure those look great on LinkedIn, make sure your descriptions on social media look cohesive, and everything sounds similar so that people aren't guessing what the heck you are because they're seeing seven different descriptions across the web. Um, and then it's deciding, do I want to have an announcement that basically puts a stake in the ground that says that we're a real company? And again, if you're a, if you're a service business, I say yes. But I, I say do it when you have two or three clients, right? Yeah. For example, when NRPR started. And believe me, I take my own advice and and I, I'm, I feel very proud of where we are taking that, that similar approach. But, you know, before I officially launched my company, I was working on the back end, making sure the logo, the website, the messaging, my bio, it was all coming together behind the scenes, right? The, before the curtain raised, there was all this stuff being put together and tinkering. And I was even telling some of the people that I, I knew, hey, by the way, I'm going to be opening up a PR firm. And I'm going to be doing this. And, and if you know anybody that needs help. And I was getting little mini referrals. I was like, oh, I have a couple of little clients. This is great. So I registered the business in March of 2020, uh, 2014. 
we announced and launched in June of 2014. And I had already mm. had three clients on my roster. So that press release looked great. NRPR is basically open to the world. Here's what makes us different. Here's what makes us great. Here's our website. Follow us on social media. Oh, and by the way, I already called some press. So PR Week covered our launch. We had a, a couple of other media friends who knew me from the PR world. So I had articles that already published the second I opened. And guess what that mm. led to? more clients immediately. <laughs> so I quote unquote hired myself as a PR firm the day I incorporated and look where I am now. So it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm always fair in telling people when they're ready and when not. Yeah. And I always say, especially if you're hiring us, when we turn it on, it works. So make sure you have the inventory to sell if that's what you're trying to do, because we're going to bring the attention. And that even happened with the client. They were new. And they were like, stop, we're getting too many orders. We can't move on. This isn't it was I, I cracked up and I was like, I told you. Yeah. But you know, it's uh if you if you uh if you build it, they will come. So be Boy, ready. No kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, yeah. That is just so great. And just making sure that you've got all your ducks in a row and everything right. is really ready for um, you know, getting the success that you want. Uh, Nicole, I, this information is so valuable. I appreciate it. Will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, how they can, you know, find your book, your two businesses, whatever they need to know? Yeah, yeah. The easiest way to find me is to go to nrprgroup.com and um, just click on the info, depending on what you want. If you have any questions, there are multiple people who get access to that info account. So if you go info at nrprgroup.com and you just say, can I be connected to Nicole? Uh, that will actually get to me. Everyone is very good about making sure that that happens. Um, also, if you just want to find me on social media, I'm easy to find at Nicole RPR or um, on Instagram for my book um, at, uh, I think it's B Hills Boss. <laughs> um, I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it, that's my book. Um, or you can go to beverlyhillsboss.com. And that book actually is the story of how I came to start, grow, and get everything going for my business. And I put all the warnings in there when it comes wow. to bookkeepers, legal, you name it, all the, the, the roadblocks that I hit right away in very simplistic, here's how you can get your company started terms. Um, because I think we stop ourselves when it feels overwhelming or like we can't do it. And I wrote that book because I believe that, that people can do it. And it's a lot more streamlined and simple than you think if you just stick to making sure the foundation is set just like building a house so um a lot of those tips are in there and um you know i also give away a free gift you know uh the top 10 mistakes that entrepreneurs make <laughs> and uh you know and so that is definitely it's almost it's thousands of dollars worth of knowledge that i want people to just have you know um yeah. So, you know, being a business owner can be scary, but it doesn't have to be if, if you're, you know, getting simple information that helps you. No kidding. Wow. That, that is great. Thank you. Thanks for writing that book. I think that is tremendously valuable. And thanks for spending time with me here today to share information with the listeners. Also tremendously valuable. Uh, and listeners, thank you. You are who we are doing this for. And... Go get yourself that free trial of audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Sign up for the trial, 
check it out, look around, uh, see what is there for you to enjoy, for your listening enjoyment, as they say. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right.